Uh, let's back up to verse 17. He picks up on the thread that I gave you earlier. If Christ is not ridden, your faith is futile, in vain. You are still in your sins. Then also those who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we're of all men the most to be pitied. But here's a conjunction of contrast in contrast to being the most pitiable in contrast to having hope only in this life. But now Christ is risen from the dead and has become the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. How many believers have fallen asleep as Paul writes? Everybody since here, right? He says in verse 22, for as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. God only divides the human race into two people. During this current age, this dispensation, you're either in Christ or you're in Adam. I remember teaching a class in Perth, Australia, and we had a couple of uh, young Chinese students who came into the class. And I hit on this particular passage and I said, where are you as a youth group and a lot of young people there. And I said, you have to identify where are you? Are you in Christ or are you in Adam? If you're not in Christ, if you can't sit here tonight and tell me I am in Christ by faith in him who loved me, came for me, died, was buried and rose again, then you're not in Christ. You're in Adam. If you're in Adam, you're going to die. And that death is eternal. And it had an impact on the souls of those two Chinese students, because I could see as they sat there, the realization came over them. I'm not in Christ. There's only one other place that I can be. Verse 23 is critical. Let me just pause to ask you to help me out here. What is he talking about? What's he talking about? He's talking about resurrection. And he's talking about the resurrection of Christ first and foremost, but then he's talking about the resurrection of the dead including people all the way back to here. God has a plan for the resurrection of every believer from every age, from every dispensation, all the way through history. But his plan is orderly. So he says, but each in his own order. For those of you who are military or former military, this is a military word. The word tagma means to be in rank. Each in his own ranks. It pictures the formation of an army according to battalions or according to platoons or however you're going to break it down, and they're all in ordered ranks, each in his own, these in theirs, these in theirs, these in theirs, these in theirs, each in their own ranks. Christ, the first fruits, first resurrection, where is it? Let's change colors. Right here. He's first. Now, there were people that were raised from the dead before his resurrection, but that was not resurrection. That was resuscitation. Again, as Christians, we say, if I could have been there and seen Lazarus come forth from the grave, my faith would be stronger. I don't know why Peter, James, and John were there, and it didn't strengthen theirs at all. They saw everything, and at the end, they still all fled. Christ. The first fruits. Afterwards, those who are Christ at his coming. Phase one, rapture. Phase 
to second advent. His coming's in two parts. Because one phase is for church age believers and one phase is for Old Testament and tribulation saints. There are seven years yet unfulfilled of the age of Israel. That is the point of the prophecy of Daniel 9, 24 to 27 called the 70 weeks of Daniel. Daniel could tell them everything that happened all the way up to here, but he couldn't tell them about that. So he had to leave it out. And so it's one of those passages in the scriptures that to, in order to orient to Old and New Testament prophecy, it's kind of like we have to put our hands into history and just push it apart, kind of like Samson pushing apart the pillars. We push it apart and we insert the church age and now everything makes sense. So, as Paul lays out the order of resurrections, Christ the firstfruits, afterwards those who are Christ at his coming, then comes the end when he delivers the kingdom to the Father. Here's the kingdom age. We call this the millennium, or the kingdom. It's the thousand-year reign of Christ on this earth, and there's there has to be a resurrection at the end of that because you have believers who are being born, people who are being born on the earth for a thousand years. The Bible tells us that an infant will die at the age of a hundred. People are going to enter into the kingdom out of the tribulation, live all the way through the kingdom. There are going to be people in the kingdom that are going to be a hundred and at least a minimum of 107 years old. Sorry, a thousand and seven years old. But they're still in a flesh and blood body. And there has to be a resurrection for them. And it comes at the end when Christ takes the kingdom and delivers the kingdom to his father. What Paul has given us in a couple of verses is an overview of resurrection in order, each in his ranks. And it fits perfectly with a dispensational approach to scripture. 